the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you for joining me today. It's Monday, November the 1st, November the 1st, 2021, in the year of our Lord. There's only 60 days left in this year. Today in 79, Pompeii was buried by the eruption of Mount Vesuvius. Today on November 1st, 1765, the Stamp Act passed by the British Parliament went into effect, prompted stiff, very stiff resistance from the American colonies. And today in 1512, everybody that was, anybody was invited to the Sistine Chapel. Michelangelo's painting on the ceiling was exhibited for the first time. Today in 1936, in a speech in Milan, Italy, Benito Mussolini, he described the alliance between his country and Nazi Germany as an axis running between Rome and Berlin. Today, in 1950, two Puerto Rican nationalists, they tried to force their way into the Blair House, trying to assassinate President Harry S. Truman. One of them was killed. They were not successful, obviously. Today, in 1952, the United States exploded the first hydrogen bomb. They called it Ivy Mike. Not sure where that, how that name evolved, but nonetheless, that's what they called it. They set it off on an atoll in the Marshall Islands. And today, in 1991, Clarence Thomas took his place as the newest justice on the Supreme Court. And today, in 2003, Democrat presidential candidate Howard Dean, remember Howard Dean? I think, wasn't he a medical doctor or something? He was the, um, I remember him as the candidate for the Democrat Party. He was often saying things that, after review, he probably wished he would not have said, uh, he was the guy that went into that screaming rant about we're going to take, you know, this city and we're going to take the next city. And I mean, it, and then the Republicans said, yeah, this is your Democrat candidate. And they replayed that. It doesn't. He looked like he was completely having a meltdown. He was having a meltdown. He looked like he was had mental problems. Anyway, that Howard Dean, he stirred con- a lot of controversy within his own his own um, party. And uh, for a statement that he made, a number of them, but this one in particular. And he told the Des Moines Register, the newspaper there, he said, um, he said, well, he said, the reason I said that I am the candidate for guys with Confederate flags in their pickup trucks, that did not go over well with the Democrats, as you can imagine. He said, the reason I said that I'm the candidate for the guys with the Confederate flags in their pickup trucks, he said, I was just trying to encourage them to return, the Southern voters to return, who had abandoned the Democrats for decades, but were disaffected with the Republicans. But I don't really believe that. I want to talk to you a little bit about hypocrisy today on a number of levels. John Bunyan, Pilgrim's Progress, he wrote, The hypocrite is likened to this frog, as like as is the puppy to the dog. 
He is of nature cold, his mouth is wide, to prate at true goodness to deride. He mounts his head as if he were it, he was above the world, when yet tis that which has his love. And though he seeks in churches for to croak, he neither loveth Jesus nor his yoke. Hypocrisy is one of the oldest sins and flaws in the human race. We say things to achieve an end. We say we believe things to achieve at an end. In fact, the progressives are famous for saying, well, our cause is so noble that the end justifies the means. And if the means involves my being a hypocrite, so be it. Because I'm not a hypocrite because I don't really believe that. I'm just saying that. And on and on it goes. We live in a very confused world today, and I will tell you, that it is becoming more and more important that we be informed. That is a part of why I do what I do on this program every day. I do my best. I'm not suggesting that we're the ultimate information, but I am suggesting that we put a lot into this, a lot of work, and you recognize that. So many of you mention it, and thank you. It it isn't something of, of a virtue so much as it is just hard work on our part, and we want to do this. I want to do it because I feel the Lord has spoken to my heart about this. We live in a very confused time. There's always been confusion around politics, the culture, just life in general. But never more than now because there are so many ways of carrying mistruths or twisted truth or part truth, part not truth. There's so much, so many ways to get that out into the public today. The Internet, satellite, all those things. So we want to every day look at what's going on in our world from the perspective of God's Word. God's Word is the ultimate, not my Word. God's Word. And I know that many of you recognize what we're trying to do and you support it. I want to thank you for that. And boy, we need your support. Um, People that have supported us for a number of years have passed away. They've gone to be with the Lord. Uh, Things change, as you know. So I would just encourage you, if if you do support us regularly, thank you from the bottom of my heart. If you don't, but you really see the value in what we're trying to do for the Lord and for the kingdom of God here, I would encourage you to pray about becoming a regular or contributing to what we're doing. We need your support. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009, Box 399, Bellevue 98009. Or you can go to our website, Faith and Freedom. It's faithandfreedom.us. Be sure it's .us. If you put .com, you'll go to a place you don't want to go to. So, And we don't want you to go there either. So, faithandfreedom.us. Psalm 21, verse 1 says, The Lord is the light, is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? There is so much fear and anxiety in our world today, and a lot of it is caused by this whole web of hypocrisy that we live with. While private jets swarm Glasgow, bringing the wise men and the women together to solve the climate change crisis that will dominate the news tonight, 
The Pope prayed for their success. While urging President Biden against the wishes of many leaders in his church to continue receiving communion. At least that's what President Biden said that the Pope said. All communication, all cameras were killed, taken away, long before the president sat down with the Pope. They didn't do what they normally do at the Vatican. And that is to let the cameras roll and get some introductions and one thing or another. They cut all that out for the first time. People in the Catholic Church, I'm not a Catholic, but I'm an observer. Many around the world, there are a lot of Catholics, so this is important. But against the wishes of many leaders in his church, Joe Biden said, no, the Pope told me to just go ahead and keep receiving communion. But there's people questioning that. Bill Donahue, for example, who's head of the Catholic League and an outspoken advocate for transparency in his church, the Catholic Church, he says, we can't verify that. We don't know that the Pope told President Biden that. Interesting. Charles Spurgeon, one of the great preachers of all time, He once said of hypocrisy, sincerity makes the very least person to be of more value than the most talented hypocrite. On many levels, this whole gathering of this global convenient of trying to change the climate for the better, it's a profile of hypocrisy in many ways. As these private jets, the global elites swarm into Davos like a like a bunch of bees, Switzerland, every year for the World's Economic Forum, hosts these guys in Davos, Switzerland. So now they're descending on Glasgow for this week's climate conference. About 400 jets showed up. They disgorged their cargo of world leaders and business executives for this event. In doing so, interestingly enough, someone observed who knows such things, They say they dumped thousands of tons of CO2 into the atmosphere in their journey to eliminate what they said, what they said they were trying to eliminate by causing more of it. Oh, I know these guys are important and I know they have to fly on jets. Truly, I I understand that. I, I do. President Biden's private ride, Air Force One, heavily modified Boeing 747 200. He's preceded, you know, by his entourage of 85 vehicles for his motorcade to carry him around the city. 85 big ones, like Cadillac Escalades, that kind of thing. That's hardly an example of someone who wants to get rid of CO2, but we understand because these people are important. They're the elite. They're the leaders of the world. And how are they going to get there? They can't walk. They can't ride a boat. I mean, we get that. And honest, I'm not being sarcastic. I do get the people have to travel and do what they are doing. But it's just... I don't know. It's kind of amusing to me. It's a little bit ironic. And he's not alone on the tarmac. It isn't just big old all-American Air Force One sitting there. And and I believe every president, the ones that I like and the ones that I don't like, they should have the highest security and have the best way to travel the earth. It just seems odd that these guys that are just, they're they're putting their, their souls on the line, some of them, apparently, for climate change, but they think nothing of jetting all over the world to take care of climate change. When the press asked John Kerry 
about the hypocrisy, his hypocrisy, of flying to Iceland back in 2019 in his private jet to receive an award for his work on climate change. A press guy, I've seen the video of it, the press guy said, hey, do you feel any kind of like, you know, anything in your in your spirit about any kind of hypocrisy here? You're, you're telling everybody else to shut their life down, you know, to save the earth, and you're flying around the, the world in your private jet getting your award. His response was very interesting. He looked at the camera. He was obviously caught off guard. You can see it in the video. But he said to the guy, to the press guy, he said, well, he said, that's the only choice for someone like me doing the work I do. Got it. Those who study those kinds of things say that not Air Force One, I mean, it's much more than this, but the average, the smaller ones, the private jets emit two tons of CO2 for every hour they're in flight. Matt Finch of the Transport and Environmental Campaign Group, he says, he's not a conservative, he says it can't be stressed enough how bad private jets are for the environment. It's the worst way to travel by miles. He said private jets, and that I guess this, his group studies this stuff, he said private jets are very prestigious, but it's difficult to avoid the hypocrisy of using one while claiming to be fighting climate change. End of quote. But I'm not a scientist, obviously. I don't claim to be either. But I know there are hundreds, if not thousands, of highly respected scientists who disagree with this notion that CO2 is creating global warming, climate change, climate crisis. We have 12 years. Ocasio-Cortez told us a couple of years ago. So we've only got 10 years now. And the Earth's going to, if we continue on the track that we're on, she said. That's a quote. The problem with that is that actually there's been an improvement in CO2 in the last few years. I'll come back to that in a moment. Excuse me. That last drink of coffee that I took just before I said good morning a few minutes ago, I probably should not have taken that, but man, it was good. Anyway, these scientists who disagree with the party line have been silenced. They, can't, they won't allow them to be peer-reviewed. They're writing. And if they're not peer-reviewed, consequently, it keeps them from being published. And the end result is that it keeps them out of the news coverage and it keeps people around the world from reading their science. And they're saying, you know, this isn't right. This isn't exactly what's happening. Ironically, those who claim to be following the science are apparently no more doing so than Dr. Fauci and his gain of function and his lab testing that we're living with the results of now. Oh, I know he he may not have been in the lab doing it, but he was sure writing checks. American taxpayers' money was covering the checks. He didn't do it. We have never done it. He yelled at Rand Paul, Senator Rand Paul. Now we find out, yeah, they did do it. There's hypocrisy on so many levels in our world today. When President Trump withdrew from the U.S., uh, uh, withdrew the U.S. from the Paris Climate Accord, Obama, Biden, the press, the rest, everybody condemned him severely. They said, oh, he's going to burn down the planet. I mean, they were saying that just a year or so ago. But Trump explained at the time, he said, the U.S. is already doing the right thing. And he said, we are reducing CO2 emissions. And the people shrieked at him. 
Biden and Obama and all these guys, Hillary and all of them. But now we find out that that's true. And that the Paris Accord was a power and a money grab. And he saw it and he said, we're not going to do that. We don't have to do it. He said, I'm not against, you know, reducing CO2. But he said, it'll destroy our economy and it won't solve this problem in his mind. Well, as it turns out, the U.S. has been leading in reduced emissions more than any other country in the world in the last 10 years. And these guys on the left are the ones reporting this. In the last 10 years, the emissions reduction in the United States has been the largest in the history of energy. We've reduced emissions more than the next 12 emission-reducing countries combined. This while China, for example, has increased its carbon dioxide output by more than 8%. So yesterday, world leaders, the world's largest economies, they made a compromised commitment to reach carbon neutrality by around mid-century. But that's just babble. That is the frog trying to croak behind the pulpit. This gives them 30 years to continue what many see as the greatest forced transfer of global wealth in human history. It is the biggest socialist movement that has ever existed on this planet. It's the biggest loser. The biggest loser is the United States because we are the richest and we are presently the dumbest. And we're leading in carbon dioxide reduction and we're doing the right things, but oh no, that's not enough. Developing nations are demanding developing nations. I know a lot about quote-unquote developing nations. I've mentioned that on this program and I'll mention it again. I have been in those developing nations, not on a cruise looking out from the deck of the boat over there. I've been living with the people. I've stayed in their little homes sometimes with a dirt floor. I know about developing or third world countries. They are demanding, I was there in missionary, Christian missionary work. They are demanding more than $1 trillion per year from the West to combat climate change. By the time the leaders, uh, this is firsthand, I am absolutely right on this because I know, I've seen it. I've been among the people. By the time the leaders of these developing countries disperse, quote unquote, the trillion dollars through their personal and family bank accounts in Switzerland and elsewhere, there won't be enough money of that trillion dollars per year left to put a solar panel on the roof of their mansion. I Trust me, I've seen it. The people who live in these countries know it. The Christians know it. They live with the oppression of that kind of dictatorship. But that's how it works. But I also want to talk to you a little bit today about religious hypocrisy. Pope Francis offered prayers yesterday for the success of the climate change conference that's kicking off in Scotland. Following his weekly prayer in St. Peter's Square, he said, quote, the Pope, let us pray so that the cry of the earth and the cry of the poor be heard, that this meeting might provide affectious responses, offering concrete hope to future generations. He also announced that the inauguration of a photographic exhibition in St. Peter's Square, he said, it's called Emotions to Generate Change. It pushes the issue of care for the creation at the Glasgow uh, Conference. Speaking of emotions to generate change, the Pope's personal meeting with President Biden on Saturday generated 
a great deal of emotion. On Saturday, President Biden received communion at St. Patrick's Church in Rome. He and the Pope had a good chat, and it was private, and everybody was locked out, as it should be. Any United States president should be able to sit down, if they're particular if they're a Catholic, but whomever, sit down with the Pope or whomever they want to talk to privately. They have that right. I honestly, I, I, <laughs> I do not, I could not vote for this president as some so-called evangelicals did, but I could never do that because of his policies. But it isn't personal. But the president of the United States should should uh, certainly have that that right and that privilege to do so. It's in our best interest for them to be able to do that. I'm not sure it is with this president, but it is generally. But the president's support for abortion has put him at odds. Biden is a pro-abortion guy. I mean, he's all in on this thing. He almost makes Hillary Clinton look like second place in abortion advocacy. So anyway... (laughs) After leaving the Vatican, the president was asked, of course, if the issue of abortion came up in his meeting, private meeting with Pope Francis. He said, no, it didn't. He said, but he did tell me, I'm quoting the president now, this was yesterday. He said, he did tell me that he is happy that I am a Catholic. We had a wonderful meeting. The Pope blessed my rosary and the Pope told me to continue partaking of communion. Interesting. As you likely know, his pro-abortion stance and his commitment to redefining marriage have been a divisive issue in the Catholic Church. I mean, there there are a lot of people who are saying that, you know, that's not right. And I mean, they're very upset within the Catholic Church, a lot of people, none the least of which is Bill Donahue. He's the president and CEO of the Catholic League. And um, I, I, I know he writes a lot and he gets published a lot. But he said after the Pope and and President Joe Biden met Friday, he said this yesterday, he said President Biden said that the Pope called him a good Catholic and that he should keep receiving communion. Donahue, I'm quoting Donahue, "The the Vatican has not confirmed the veracity of Biden's account. He said, like everyone else, we at the Catholic League have no way of knowing whether Biden's remarks are accurate. But from what we know about the Vatican's handling of the meeting and Biden's long record of lying about important matters, we are maintaining a healthy skepticism about the president's rendition. It's certainly in Biden's interest, Donahue says, to have everyone think that the Pope encouraged him to keep receiving communion. He said the issue matters because it has troubled many American bishops. They will meet in a few weeks to discuss it, and they are, in fact, and they're going to take some action on this from what I'm reading. But Biden's lust for abortion rights, Donahue says, for instance, is cause for grave concern. He said one reason why we're skeptical of Biden's account is that it seems to be at odds with the Vatican's decision to deny media press coverage of the meeting. The White House was banking on a photo op, knowing that the optics would serve the president's interests, but they were stiffed the day before the meeting. I mentioned that on Friday. It is reasonable to conclude, Donahue concludes, that the Vatican did not want the appearance of being played by a White House, sending the message that his pro-abortion Catholic president is a model Catholic. He goes on to say, then there's the issue of lying, hypocrisy, that Biden is a pathological liar. This is Bill Donahue speaking as president and CEO of the Catholic League. He said that Biden is a pathological liar cannot be denied. He said, here are a few instances. He goes through all of the lies that 
Joe Biden has been caught in over his career in politics, and they are they are many. I mean, I mean, and they're verified, uh, including having to withdraw from his one of his presidential races here a few years ago because he had lifted everything. I mean, he was taking credit for it. If he just said, "I'm quoting so and so," which all of us little people generally do. Um, he wouldn't have been, you know, in hot water, but he, he was making someone else's words his words and not giving any kind of reference to who actually said or wrote those words. I mean, that's, you know, plagiarism in its highest form. So that's what's going on with this. And the Catholics are, are very upset. And it's not just a few. It's a lot of them. And particularly here in America, but in Africa and elsewhere, I mean, they're really upset about it. Judy Brown is the president and co-founder of the American Life League, a Catholic, the nation's oldest grassroots pro-life educational and advocacy organization. She said in a statement this week, quote, Joe Biden excommunicated himself 50 years ago. <laughs> That's the kind of angst there is. Brown, she served three uh, three time appointee. She served three different um I don't know, three-year terms, I think it was, or something like that, on the Pontifical Academy for Life. She disagrees with the Vatican's point of view concerning pro-abortion politicians if, she says, if the Pope actually said that. Adelaide Stevenson, a Democrat, he once said, a hypocrite is the kind of politician who would cut down a redwood tree, then mount the stump and make a speech for conservation. (laughs) Just imagine that for a moment. I think he was right. Leo Tolstoy, he made this observation of hypocrisy. I sit on a man's back, choking him and making him carry me, and yet assure myself and others that I am very sorry for him and wish to ease his lot by all possible means, except by getting off his back. Teddy Roosevelt never met Joe Biden or the the Pope, this Pope, but he said this, And I'll leave you with this thought and then a conclusion. But Teddy Roosevelt said, Avoid the base hypocrisy of condemning in one man what you pass over in silence when committed by another. He was speaking primarily, I suspect, primarily to leadership, but to all of us. That's a terrific terrific insight. We live in in a world that is so convoluted. It, it is so there's there's so much of a taking in America, particularly because of our Judeo-Christian founding. There are there's so much of taking a bit of truth, a piece of truth, and weaving it into a secular, progressive, anti-biblical message, and we are seeing the the, the epitome of that in our culture today. And I don't say that from a political point of view so much as from a spiritual point of view. People are being misled in mass today by people looking at the Bible and conforming the Bible to the culture that they have created. And I'm not talking just about Joe Biden, but he's certainly part of that. And Kamala Harris and all of this. And they look at the culture and they want to conform their so-called faith, biblical faith, to the culture. And they essentially, if you can put this picture in your mind, they begin to leaf through their Bible and they read they go, where God condemns homosexuality. They say, no, 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 we're, God loves. People have a right to marry whom they love and, and blah, blah, blah. So they rip that page out of the Bible. And about killing 
babies and abortion and all. They rip that page up. That's the kind of a culture we live in today. They go, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian, and here's my Bible, less all the things that I choose not to accept in God's Word. Hey, we'll continue this conversation tomorrow. I'll see you then. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 